Hey guys, thanks for tuning in to DA Rockstars. I am your host, Rhonda Holman. I've been a dental assistant for almost 20 years, and I've learned a thing or two along the way. Here's what I know. This podcast is for you, average dental assistant who wants to up their game to rockstar status. We are banding together to do better and be better, so get ready to catch some pearls. I drill those preps just right. I keep those contacts tight. If you've been bruxing, I'll make you a guard to wear at night. I can whiten your teeth and I can straighten them. Have you smiling like a Hollywood California star. Drilling crown preps all day long. It's like a dang repeating song. Keep those margins clean, make a good fit. Cause we don't want that sugar on your teeth. Thanks for tuning in to another episode. This week, I want to talk about, uh, you know, tips to communicate with your patient. So here's what happens. Your dentist comes in, diagnoses cavities or fracture lines or anything like that in the oral cavity and tells you, let's go ahead and treat and plan this, this, and this, whether it be a different material or a different procedure or a different reason why you're doing what you're doing. They leave, the patient looks at you like a deer in the headlights. (laughs) We've all been there, right? So here's what I did as I've compiled, you know, some stuff I've used over the years that helps to explain to patients either about a restorative material or why we need to do what we need to do that kind of gets it to them in a a different language so that maybe they can hear it. So I hope you guys are able to grab some pearls from it. I'll make it pretty broad so that we can all learn to do better and be better. So stay tuned. Okay, so what I've done is I've taken the liberty of creating a mock-up treatment plan, okay? So in my treatment plan, we've got sedative fillings, we have plastic fillings, and we have metal fillings. You guys, we have got to start helping the patient understand the way that a dentist communicates. You are the translator, right? So, I, you know, we've had uh, Dr. Gary DeWood on the show before, and I absolutely love his ability to communicate. And I think as dental assistants, we have this amazing opportunity to hone in on some of the words that we can use to truly help these patients understand. Because here's what happens is a patient comes in and they're laid back in the chair and the hygiene does the probing and the doctor does the diagnosing and they're talking in all of this foreign language. This MOD has a fracture line on the distal buckle. Okay, um, if you don't know what you're talking about, that does not make sense. So it doesn't compute, right? So if I go to tell you it's going to take $304 to fix this MOD with the distal buccal fracture, you're like, wow, $300. That's all you hear is the numbers. You don't realize the importance of why that costs so much because the significance factor isn't there when you don't understand what's being said. So I highly urge you guys, if you have the opportunity to sit down with your patient after treatment plan is completed, go through and translate it for them. You know, you're their advocate. You want to make sure that they get it, right? 
So let's talk about um, options. Okay, I'm huge, huge fan of Spear online patient education videos. They have this giant library of videos that not only tell you about conditions, but tell you about restorative options. And the detail is so good in the, the way that they uh, display the videos. Like it's not gory or anything. And it really does help the patient see, even if they don't understand the words, they understand the visual aids. So, and there's lots, <laughs> I'm so old, uh, that when we first started out, I was with the office that used Casey. And I'm sure some of you listeners know exactly what I'm talking about. It was, you know, it was a video library, but you'd have to go back to the DVD and hit the chapters. We had like a little menu (laughs) and, uh, you know, post-op instructions, which was really cool because at the time, bilingual assistants were hard to come by. And so it had a bilingual option in the DVD for post-op instructions, like with extractions and stuff like that. So it was really great. Especially it had the um, subtitles for patients that were hearing impaired. So it it was a great tool, but I'm telling you what, Spear Online is like that times a million. Uh, So if your doctor's not already on board with their patient education videos, I highly suggest that you suggest that they check it out and see how amazing it is just for a time saver to make it clear so that you're not stumbling over yourself, you know, repeating things. Because here's the thing, if this treatment plan is really big, that is really easy to double back and not even realize it. And then your patient, you totally lost them, right? So let's talk about restorative filling materials. There are, eh, I want to say three major kinds, right? So you've got composite, you've got amalgam, and you've got like a temporary filling, like a glass ionomer. So when I describe composite to a patient, I say this is a tooth-colored filling that is made of glass and plastic, and it is a great restorative material. Not only is it aesthetically pleasing because we can get it to match the tooth, but it's chemically bonded into your tooth. So wherever that decay is, we'll take that decay out, make sure everything's nice and clean, and then we'll be able to seal it up. Um, let's see, we're talking about alloy, (laughs) metal, amalgam, you know, here's the deal. There's a lot of naysayers out in the world, but it's still a great product and it has a place in the world, right? So when you're describing amalgam to a patient, you tell them, you know, this is a, this is a metal filling and it's a great restorative material. It's super hard, super durable. And, um, it's, you know, it's not aesthetically pleasing, but it sometimes financially is a suitable option, right? And here's the deal, you guys, with this whole mercury thing. Yes, amalgam has mercury in it, right? But when you're talking to a patient, you have to let them know that the mercury is only released when it's placed and when it's removed. And then if you're chewing on it, yes, yes, yes. Attrition causes some microscopic leaking of the mercury. But also think about this, ask the patient, how many cans of tuna do you eat a day or anything else that, you know, when was the last time you sucked on a thermometer? (laughs) No, it was not that bad. Uh, But yeah, so I don't recommend every single tooth in a person's head to get a silver filling. Um, But I do know that it has a place in the world where it's needed and it's a great restorative option, right? Um, Oh, let's talk about, oh, all right, here it is. Temporary fillings, also known as sedative fillings, right? So patients like, what in the world is that? Or like, so let's say you only have a radiograph, right? That's a two-dimensional picture of a cavity. 
So you tell the patient, we are not exactly sure how far this cavity goes into your tooth. So here's what we're going to do. We are going to schedule an exploratory diagnosis. What this means is we're going to go into the tooth, take out all the decay, and see how much of you is left. (laughs) And we just want to make sure that that cavity didn't get to the middle of your tooth where the blood lives. And, uh, you know, sometimes if it's really, really close to the middle of the tooth where the blood lives, we have to put some medicine on top of your chamber that holds the blood. Just, you know, kind of harden that little exterior portion of that chamber and then put a temporary filling in it. And this is just going to help us buy some time, like say they have a huge treatment plan, or I don't want you to invest in the tooth by doing a, you know, onlay, inlay, crown, uh, a long-term composite restoration, whatever have you, until we know that this tooth is non-symptomatic. Because a lot of times when the cavity knows that you know it's there, it starts to hurt. (laughs) And we just want to make sure that the environment is nice and neutral and clean, and then see how that tooth does for you. That is a great option. Seriously, guys, like, and I'm a huge fan of sedative fills, um, especially when it comes to glass ionomer. I think it has a really amazing place in the world. Uh, And (laughs) my favorite part about this is this is where you have rampant decay, right? So, um, and you do have a couple areas, say they're like class fives on the on the tissue right around the margins or you have for some reason full mouth decay you know that patient uh needs to get under control like the ph balance and that just the lactobacillus needs to you know be eliminated so that this patient could start healing right or recovering from the active decay glass ionomer here's what i tell my patients it's a super amazing uh, I'm a huge fan of Fuji 2LC because it's the dual cure and it's tooth colored. But I tell them this is this is a really cool filling. So not only are we able to get the cavity out, right? But we're able to place a filling in there that's a temporary, but it looks like a tooth. Feels like a tooth. However, it doesn't wear like other fillings. <laughs> so I know that there's a place and a time for it. Uh, class fives make sense because you're not chewing on that surface, but if you put it on the occlusion, know that the likelihood of that being a long-term restoration is, you know, it's pretty poor because it doesn't chew well, right? So it's not very hard. And so I like to say this is a really cool material because not only does it help get your tooth in a safe and happy place for now until we can, you know, go down the line and knock out some of these other ones. You don't want to say knock out, I guess. <laughs> Take care of some of this other decay and get everybody nice and healthy. But it also absorbs and releases fluoride. This is really important to tell your patient. Anytime you rinse with a fluoride rinse or you brush with fluoride toothpaste or you drink fluoridated water or you get a fluoride treatment from the hygienist, these fillings will actually absorb the fluoride and release it over time. So especially when there's an area that has a chance of recurrent decay, like say it is class five, you know, on the buckle and this patient, you know, chews tobacco every day, like the fancy menthol or whatever it is that has a ton of sugar in it. Um, And they are not going to change their habits. So you know that this poor little spot of this person's mouth is going to get beat up. 
So I think glass ionomers are a great way to go there, especially when you know that there's a chance that whatever caused this decay in the first place isn't going away. Uh, so it's really, really cool <laughs> how I explain that to patients. Like, it's a super filling, even though it's temporary. <laughs> and, you know, there's there's lots of ways to communicate with patients. Uh, I just, I, I thought maybe these could help you guys because here's the deal. All right. Ooh, I don't want to forget this one because we are all dealing with this right now. Because I'm sure we have a giant patient base that comes in with these giant silver fillings. And they're getting fracture lines around their tooth. And they say, I don't get it. I don't get it. The filling's still in there. Well, what's going on? And that's your opportunity to say, here's the deal with silver fillings. Over time, because the filling is so good, right? It's so hard. It's actually harder than your tooth. It kind of acts like a wedge on your tooth. So most of the time when these have a fail rate, it's because your filling stays there, but your tooth breaks off from around the sides. Um, I think that's a great way to explain it when somebody doesn't understand why their tooth broke, but their silver filling's still there. And then I guess, you know, we could jump in really quick <laughs> for SDF because I think, I think it's really getting out there. There's some amazing pioneers in our industry that are connecting the dots, especially for pediatric use and geriatric use. So if you guys don't know what SDF is, it's silver diamide fluoride. I'm pretty sure I'm saying that right. But again, I'm a dental assistant, not a dentist. So sometimes I pick and choose what I want to remember. <laughs> um, but it's a great option, especially for, you know, small decay that's not through the enamel or say it's a primary tooth that's going to exfoliate in a year. So what the, the problem is, and a lot of people will complain about this, is the silver kind of stains the tooth like the good stuff like there's other brands out there that don't stain but I guess throughout the trials they've noticed that maybe it doesn't arrest the decay as well uh yeah so you just tell the patient hey you know this is a great treatment treatment option for Betty Lou your little girl who is going to have this tooth fall out next year but we don't want that decay to be active and we don't want it to get bigger or spread to other teeth so yes there might be a black spot on the tooth after we treat it but that, that's the silver working, right? I mean, it's going down into the porous areas of the cavity and it's stopping the decay from advancing. So I can't, you know, as a mom, I can't imagine being upset about a little black spot on my kid's tooth. At the end of the day, aesthetics really, for primary teeth, I don't, unless it's like E and F, I don't know that a lot of parents, I mean, I'm sure there's some pageant moms out there that would say no, but if you had the chance to sit down and tell them the pros about it, I don't know that there's a lot that would say no. Because it saves your child from having to get this restorative procedure done, right? So they don't have to get numb. They don't have to go through any of the drilling or staying still or isolation, anything like that. I, did, I think it's a really great option. Um, so if you guys aren't using SDF, check it out. Talk to your doctor. See if there's a place for it in your practice. And, uh, yeah, uh, you know, and that's just not on pediatric. Geriatric treatment, right? Like, they have dental courses for CE that are just about geriatric care. Like, knowing where your patient is in life. Where, you know, what's their life expectancy? Uh, what are their habits like? And here's a good tip. As a great dental assistant, what I want you to do, 
is if you have a patient that has decay in a proximal, okay, and your dentist says, I want an MO on that one, why not do a little bit of homework and go through the radiographs that you have? Watch it progress. What if, what if that is a decayed area that arrested? You guys know what arrested means. It's where it goes squishy and then something changes and it recalcifies, you know, or recalcifies like it'll get hard and arrest. So do a little bit of homework. Get the radiographs lined up. Say this is 2006, this is 2007, 2008. And the dentist can have the opportunity, especially if they're super busy, to look through the radiographs, notice that it hasn't gotten any bigger, and then go in and probe and it's not sticky, right? So at that point, you say, maybe we could put a watch on this guy or do a little bit more homework, right? And write down, hey, you know, patient, (laughs) did anything change in your life? Did you used to drink sodas heavily? Did you not floss? Um, are, Are you on a different hygiene routine? Like, you can give them the benefit of the doubt sometimes when it comes to cavities because sometimes they do arrest. And what do they say? <laughs> the best filling is no filling at all. And the second best filling is the smallest one you can place. So I think that's a great tip as a rock star dental assistant that you can do is just have your ducks in a row. If there's a spot of decay, but it's not sticky and it hasn't grown, there's a chance it's arrested, especially when you kind of write down the patient history as far as hygiene routine and what they changed or what maybe they used to do but they don't do now and place a watch on it because a lot of times especially if it's interproximal like that you have to go through a lot of good stuff to get to the bad stuff and what if that bad stuff is super hard and isn't active decay so just do your homework go outside the box a little bit guys I, I truly think that just using the right words is going to be a game changer because once you get it and they get it, everybody feels so good. <laughs> Thanks for tuning in to another episode of DA Rockstars and listening to me literally run out of air because I talk so much. <laughs> I truly appreciate everybody in podcast land who takes time out of their week to either grab some pearls or reiterate stuff that they that you guys already know and just giving us the ability to share information as always if you guys have any tips tricks or pearls of your own jump on facebook message me on da rockstar's facebook page i am happy to have you on the show this is a dental assistant podcast by a dental assistant for a dental assistant so let's all band together to do better and be better because At the end of the day, we don't always have the opportunity to work next to a dental assistant. So what if you're doing something the hard way and somebody else has a way of doing it that's easier to help you enjoy your career more and get rid of these things that are blocking you from fulfilling your career joy, right? I'm here. Julie Varney's here. Dental Assistants Rock is here. DA Rockstars is here. We've got Dental Assistance Worldwide Group. That is a great, safe place for dental assistants to share and grow. We have lots of resources. I appreciate you taking time out of your day to take a listen. And as always, if you'd like, reviews really help us go up as far as when it goes to like uh, these platforms where podcasts are heard. 
and they really help us get out there to other assistants that maybe don't know that DA Rockstars is here. So love reviews. Love you guys. Thank you for tuning in and we'll see you next week, right? So keep on suctioning.